perfect landing page is one which performs the best. Performance is measured by conversion rate or your total opt-ins or actions divided by the total number of visitors. The only thing that should ever be on your landing page are the elements that would increase performance and conversion. Anything else should be removed. Welcome to the Teacher Business Society podcast. I'm Farah, a Diet Coke drinking, true crime junkie, and former teacher turned seven-figure teacher business owner. Are you stuck in the grind as a full-time entrepreneur or teaching by day and side hustling by night, wondering how to turn your entrepreneurial dreams into a reality? Whether you're brand new to this journey, trying to burst through that 100K ceiling, or you've built the business and now you need help working on your business instead of in your business, you're in the right place. I get it. Building your dream business can feel overwhelming. But listen, I've been where you are and I'm here to make it all feel possible. Through personal stories, expertise, and interviews with successful teacher business owners, we'll tackle email marketing, social media strategies, content creation, and everything in between. I'm committed to helping you not just grow, but thrive so you can live the life you've been dreaming of. So grab your favorite notebook, perhaps even a Diet Coke, and pull up a chair. Let's get down to business, teacher style. Hey there, educational rock stars. Welcome back to the Teacher Business Society podcast. I'm your host, Farah, and I hope you all had a fabulous holiday break and a great new year. We are officially in 2024, and let me just tell you, I'm feeling really, really excited about this year. Um, it is, we have big goals over at FHE as well as the Teacher Business Society and we've got lots of great things that are going to be happening this year to help serve you in your businesses. And let me tell you, I took all of last week off. That is probably the first time in a very long time that I just completely unplugged for an entire week. Seven days straight, I was not working, I didn't get on my computer, I just completely unplugged so that I could enjoy time with my family. And it was much needed and I was super excited that, you know, the business just kept running without me, which is why we do this, right? So one of the reasons that the business just kind of kept running without me having to be present every single day was obviously, yes, we've got um, a team that there were things that they were working on, not on the holidays, obviously, we because we wanted to make sure they spent time with their families as well, but it was our marketing that 100% is what made everything flow for an entire week so that I could just unplug. And the way we market our resources is to run promotions and in order off of Teachers Pay Teachers if you have, if you're selling on a third party platform, but on our own website. And we're not talking about running promotions to a WooCommerce store or a Shopify or something like that. I'm talking about sales, sales pages. Now, when we run a promotion, we run ads and run them specifically to a landing page. That landing page is only about the resource that we are promoting. There are no other distractions on the page. And we make sure that when they get there, they're going to get all the information that they need in order to convert them into a customer. Let's talk about what makes a landing page not just good, but perfect. It really is all about the conversion rate. Now, a good benchmark for this, if you were to go Google what is a good benchmark for a, a landing page, you're going to see 
that 25% and that aiming for anything over 25% is where you really need to be. Now, that's just one in four visitors taking action. And it sounds challenging, but it is absolutely achievable. We actually aim for our conversion rates of landing pages to be much higher. Now, this is a, a conversion rate for a landing page, for example, for an email opt-in, for a freebie that you're building your list with. When it comes to sales pages, we are aiming for a conversion rate of anywhere from six to 7%. Now, average is about three to 5%, and we figure if we can get six to seven, then that is our average. Once you start doing these, you're gonna kind of figure out what is average for you, and anything over that 7%, we get really, really excited about, and that's for sales pages. So again, um, for landing pages, for like email opt-ins, anything over 25%, but really we aim for about 60%, and then any for a sales page where you're making a sale, anything uh, averages three to 5%, and anything over uh, six to seven, we get really, really excited about. Now, the perfect landing page is one which performs the best. Simple. Performance is measured by that conversion rate. And that conversion rate is your total opt-ins or purchases divided by the total number of visitors to that page. The only things that should ever be on this page are only the elements that would increase performance. Anything else should be removed. This means no headers, no logos, and unnecessary elements. So first, let's talk about a landing page for something like an email opt-in. This landing page needs to have everything above the fold. That means that when they land on the page, they don't have to scroll for anything. They land on the page, they're going to see your headline, which is going to specifically call out a problem, a subheadline, which is going to show or say something specifically about how your this free download is going to solve their problem and then maybe some additional text about how the opt-in solves their problem and then an, maybe an image and then a form and a button the call to action button everything should be above the fold the headline needs to be the first thing that's seen it's going to get their attention immediately and it's gonna be big, bold, clear, and easy to read. It should tell them specifically why they should opt in, what's the benefit, and what's in it for them. Your subheadline is an additional line of copy, and it's designed to further move that reader along and get them to fill out the form, okay? So we really wanna focus on the solution in the subheadline. There are three essential requirements for your call to action button on a landing page for an email opt-in. One, it needs to be above the fold. If they have to scroll to see it, that's a no-go. This button must be immediately seen when visiting the page so that there's no need to scroll down to find it. It needs to be a clear action color, meaning it should pop and stand out and be a clear indicator that this is something to be clicked. I tell my clients, you need to choose one of your branding colors if that's what you wanna do. You need to choose one of your branding colors and nothing else on the page is that color. You reserve one color for buttons, okay? Buttons are a, a color all to themselves. Then it should also be action-oriented. The text on the button itself must be something that tells people what to do. For example, click here to reserve your seat. Click here to get your download. Now, as far as backgrounds are concerned on the page, I prefer a very clean, simple background. 
if you do an image, make sure it makes sense for the opt-in. I understand that pretty backgrounds are just that, pretty, but we don't want anything on the page that is a distraction. So make sure that whatever you choose as the background, that it's easy to read your text and that it doesn't distract from getting them to actually fill out the form and click your call to action button. It should be pleasing to the eye, but not distracting. It's designed to drive focus towards that call to action. This is why pictures of people looking at the call to action or headline tend to perform better for conversion of these types of landing pages. Now, a landing page for your email opt-in might include some additional information below the fold in case you feel like they're gonna need something else to get to convince them. But honestly, everything that they should need for this opt-in should be able to be placed above the fold. It is, however, going to need a footer at the bottom of the page. You're gonna need to make sure you have your copyright, your company name, a link to your privacy policy, your terms and conditions, and if you need it, an earnings disclaimer. Now let's talk about my favorite type of landing page, which is a sales page. Now sales page is a little different because we are going to be asking them to open their wallets and spend money with us. However, it does have some very key sections that I believe and have learned from trial and error and many, many, many coaching sessions that a sales page really does need to have in order to be successful. And what are those? Well, there is the section above the fold. Now, when I say sections, I want you to think about as people scroll down. So it's not always going to be a scroll and that's a section, scroll and that's a section, but that's essentially what we're, what we're envisioning in our head. Okay, sometimes a section could take up two or three scrolls, but it is going to be a section that has a very specific purpose. Now, the first section is that above the fold section. There should be no other links or buttons to anything up here in this section. No links to Instagram, no links to your Facebook channels, no links to your groups, to your blog, to your TPT store, none of that. There should be no other links. We do not want to distract them from what we're trying to do. Especially if you're running ads to this sales page, then you don't want them leaving that page to go do anything else because that's a waste of your advertising dollars. The first part of this above the fold section is the top bar. I like to put a logo over in one of the corners as well as a timer up in that sec uh, section as well as a, a button that is going to be a button that for people who, maybe there are those people that read your ad or you did a blog post or you shared a, a reel on social media or video on YouTube or whatever, and they you've already convinced them to buy. When you send them to the sales page to check out, you want a button immediately that they see, yes, click here, you don't have to read everything, here's the checkout, right? I like to use something that says, skip the small talk, I'm ready, and it's clear and they know exactly that they click there and they can go check out. Now, the next part is your headline. You're gonna call out the problem again, and you want really want your potential customer reading that and going, oh my gosh, yes, that's me. And then your subheadline is going to be, again, the possibility statement with your offer, what it could look like. Everything here is meant to keep them reading down the page because with a sales page, what's above the fold may not convince them right off the bat. They're going to need more. But everything above that is meant to keep them reading so that you can then show them 
how your offer or resource is going to solve their problems. Now, after the above the fold, when they scroll, the next section is our empathy and warning or consequences. This section is very meaty and this is one of those sections that can take up two, three, maybe even four scrolls. This is where you're gonna show them how you understand what they're experiencing and what can happen if they don't fix it. This can be in the form of text, this can be a video, this can be images. It's going to probably include a combination of all of these in some form or fashion. But you really wanna focus on making sure you're calling out how they feel, what they're experiencing and how you completely understand this. Then you're gonna introduce your offer in the next section. Now, when you introduce your offer, you're not just going to be like, here it is, go get it. You are going to now talk about how all of those feelings that they were feeling and you're empathizing with and what's going to happen if they don't fix their problems, how your offer solves all of that for them. So you want to make sure this section is very solution heavy. Now, after that, then you can go into the content breakdown. So many teacher business owners that come to me for help on their sales pages are getting this all wrong. They are introducing their offer, their resource, and they are just immediately jumping into a laundry list of things that are included in this resource. People don't buy stuff. They buy solutions to their problems. So you want to start with the solutions and how your resource is the solution. Then, after that, you can do a breakdown of everything that's included. Now, after the breakdown of everything that's included, you're going to provide social proof. Now, this can come in the form of testimonials, in video. We even jump over to our third-party platforms and grab feedback and testimonials from over there. And yes, those belong to you. You can use them, especially if you have not been selling on your own website Oftentimes, that's the only feedback you have. The big question I always get asked is, how much social proof should I have? I always say, the more the better, but we like to use uh, third-party tools that allow us to do kind of a scrolling feature on our landing pages. If this is not something that you're at a level or ready to do, I would say have five, six, maybe seven testimonials that you can somehow put into a design even if it's just an image with all of the testimonials on there or if they're just going to be text they can be right there on the page then after the social proof comes the pricing or pricing table now if you've got multiple versions of this maybe you've got different tiers or different levels you're going to want to have some sort of pricing table if it is a single price or offer uh, this can be handled with just an image and let them know what they're going to be investing we do not like to use um, the word buy. We don't like to use the word price. We like to use the word investment. This is actually something that we learned from uh, one of our coaches. And because these your, your buyer is investing in a solution to their problem. Then after that pricing table, we will often go ahead and include the checkout form if it makes sense. This section can include the checkout form, but if you're not going to put it if you're not going to put it here then you might want to put it after the next next few sections but it should at least include buttons that will pop them straight to the form because oftentimes people get to the pricing table 
and they're like, okay, yes, I'm convinced. I want to buy. And you need buttons right there for them to be able to jump to the form to check out. Now on these pricing tables, one of the things we like to do is we like, especially if we have multiple levels of an offer, we like to go ahead and do a breakdown. I'm sure you've seen this on pages that you have purchased things from where they'll have a list of features. So everything that you did in the contents breakdown section, we will do that under each one of the levels and use check marks and X's next to them to be able to show what's included in that level and what's not included. And yes, we like to include everything under each level and just put X's next to the stuff that's not included because then it shows them what they're not getting and because we're trying to entice them to take the higher level. Now, after the pricing table and potentially the checkout form, you're going to want to offer a guarantee if it makes sense. For our digital resources that are uh, digital teaching resources, we don't offer any type of money back guarantee. We handle those on a case-by-case basis if a, if a customer has problems. Um, but for things like courses or memberships, you might have a seven-day um, money-back guarantee or whatever that is uh, for you. That is something that you'll have to decide. After the guarantee, we put the bonuses. So we like to actually give bonuses to uh, people who shop with us versus our third-party platforms. One, we want them to shop with us because we don't pay a 20% commission or more depending on the platform that you're selling on. But also, we want to be able to get their email and their email address. And we want them on our list. And if they are purchasing on a third-party platform, most of the time, I'm not saying this is the this is the way it is for all third-party platforms, but most of the time, you don't get that information. You might get their name in a sales report, but you don't get any of their other information. I find it interesting that I can get their name and the city they live in, but I can't get their email address. I find that very interesting, but I digress. So we like to offer them some sort of bonus. This could be a bonus training, a bonus resource, anything of value that you could offer them that goes along with your offer to entice them to purchase directly from you as opposed to these third-party resource, uh, third-party sites. Then after the bonuses, we do a little recap and we recap the, you know, the problems that they're facing, how they're feeling, um, what it's going to look like if they don't fix it and how our offer is going to solve all of their problems. We, and we also kind of recap everything they get and the price that they're paying, the value of uh, what they're getting versus what they're actually investing. Um, and so we recap all of this in that recap section. And then we move into really what is one of my favorite sections, which is they've got a choice. And I call this the choice section. Once people get to this point, they have to make a choice. Now, we make it very simple for them by telling them that there are only two options. They either invest or they don't. But we then go deeper and we share what it will look like if they don't and what it will look like if they do. We lay this out as as visually as we can with words. Now, after this section, we have the FAQ section. Some FAQs that we typically include are how the resource is going to be delivered to them. We also include any specific information about that resource that they need to have. Also, any frequently asked questions we know we've already got, we keep a list of them for different resources, as well as the question of, can I purchase this on blank and enter whatever third-party platform you're selling on? Now, for most teacher business owners, this is going to be a platform like Teachers Pay Teachers. So we include the question, can I purchase this on Teachers Pay Teachers? And we explain in our FAQ, why yes, yes, you can, um, if, if they actually can. 
Um, if they can't, we explain why, right? Because we do have a few offers that we offer throughout the year that they can't get on Teachers Pay Teachers because we're doing special limited time bundles. But if they can purchase it on Teachers Pay Teachers, we tell them, yes, they can, and here's the link to do it. And I get asked all the time, well, why do you do that? Don't you want them to purchase from you? I just want them to purchase. I Yes, I am trying to entice them to purchase from me, and we make it very clear in the FAQ under that question that, hey, yeah, you can purchase over there, but here's what you're missing out on if you do that. And here's what you're going to be getting if you purchase here. So we are doing everything we can to entice them to purchase directly from us. Now, after the FAQ, we include a disclaimer if it's needed. For example, um, if you have a service-based business where you're servicing other businesses, you might need to put an earnings, earnings disclaimer. If you're making very big claims about how your students uh, that your your potential customers students uh, reading scores are going to increase and you're getting very specific you might want to include some sort of disclaimer that results may vary especially if you have testimonials you're sharing where it's talking about specific things that have happened I like to think about this like the weight loss commercials where they get the people on there that are talking about how they lost 200 pounds and then there's a disclaimer at the bottom, results may vary and these results are not typical. This is your disclaimer, right? It's legally there to protect you. And I do recommend that you have one if you need one. And then the last section is your footer. You're gonna want to have your copyright, your privacy policy, terms of use, of all the things you need down there. No links to outside stuff again, no links to Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, your blog, know anything outside of this particular offer. Now, throughout the page, you're going to want to have buttons that are going to link to the checkout, link to the form. I will tell you there are multiple ways to do this. You can have the checkout form on the page back in the pricing section, or you could actually just have a button that links to a separate checkout page. I've found that having the checkout form directly on the page works best simply because it's not a it's not adding a layer where the, the flow of the purchase can be broken down. For example, if somebody goes through your entire sales page and they're like, yes, 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 I want this, and they click on the button and it's opening up a brand new page for a checkout form and that page doesn't load, you run the risk of losing the sale. So we personally like to have them directly on the page. The other thing that we've done is created a light box where when they click the button, a pop-up will pop up. But again, if they've got pop-up blockers on, it might block that and they might not be able to check out. So our go-to is just to add the form directly on the page. That means you're going to need buttons throughout this page so that they can click on it and go to that checkout form. Our rule of thumb is that typically every time they scroll, they should see a button. If they scroll, they see a button. If they scroll, they see a button. This means that you have buttons between texts in, in the sections, especially in the section about empathy and the consequences if they don't fix their problem. This is a very meaty section, so you could have multiple buttons within this section. Just like our landing pages for email opt-ins, your buttons on a sales page need to have their own special color. If you are intent on it being your brand colors, pick one brand color and reserve that color specifically for your buttons. And it doesn't get used anywhere else on the page. I often like to choose a brand color out of our brand palette that doesn't look good as text or as a heading. Because if, especially if it's hard to read on a background, 
I won't use it for text or anything, so I'm going to reserve that for buttons. But whatever it is, you want to make sure those buttons pop off the page and have clear call to actions. Very clear. I get, I love to get cheeky with my buttons too, but I want them to be very clear. Click here. This is where you buy. And there you have it. That is my anatomy for a perfect landing page for email opt-ins and a perfect landing page for sales pages. Now, remember, the key is to keep testing and tweaking. What works one time might not work the next time. And your color combinations, your images, what works for one offer might not work for another. And it's very important to be flexible with tweaking this. And when you do go back to tweak it, I don't like to tweak anything until after I've had at minimum a thousand visitors to the page. That is us. I don't tweak anything until we've had a thousand visitors. And if you are sending ad traffic to it, that's not hard to not hard to reach. So if this is a landing page that you're saying you're just sharing organically, like on your social media, or there's a link to it on a blog or whatever, then you might have to wait a while before you tweak anything. But I don't like to tweak anything until we've hit at least a thousand people on to get a good sample of people for tweaking stuff to increase the conversion rate. Now that's just me. I've also heard from other people that they do it at 300, they do it at 500. Our go-to is a thousand people. I'm also going to encourage you that when you do start tweaking things to try to increase your conversion rate, tweak one thing at a time. Now once we've reached that initial thousand, we don't necessarily wait another thousand before we tweak something else. We will typically at that point wait until we've got around three to 500, unless we can very clearly see that the change we made is working. We also happen to use a platform for our funnels, um, FG Funnels, that we can s narrow down the stats of a landing page or a sales page um, to specific days. So if I know the day that I made the change, I can look at the stats for those specific days to see if it's performing higher or lower than it was in the previous days. And we kind of just play with that as we go. But we never make more than one tweak at a time and we usually let it ride um, for a certain number of views on the page or a minimum number of days before we make any other tweaks. Now, if you're looking to dive deeper into some of the legal things that you need to have on these pages, I recommend connecting with um, your own attorney or my go-to is attorney turned entrepreneur, Bobby Click. And um, I go to him for all of my legal templates. I'm going to actually leave a link in the show notes for you to check those out. And um, you can see all of the amazing things that he provides to get make sure that your website, whether it be your regular website, your store, your Shopify, WooCommerce, or these landing pages and sales pages, completely legal and protected. If you're interested in having me help you build a landing page and help you work out the copy of your landing pages or get started with running these promotions to your own site, be sure you jump over to teacherbusinesssociety.com and sign up for a free consultation where we can chat about your goals in your business and we can see if I'm a good fit as a coach for you and I can share all of the details about coaching. I've helped many of my clients build very successful landing pages and they are running their own offers on their own sites successfully and I would love to help you. So again, jump over to teacherbusinesssociety.com, sign up for that free consultation. And I can't wait to see the incredible landing pages that you create. Until next time, keep dreaming big and make an impact. And let's make 2024 
sparkle. Thank you for tuning in to another empowering episode of the Teacher Business Society podcast. We drop new episodes every week filled with tips, strategies, and inspirational stories to help you elevate your teacher business. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Now, if this podcast resonated with you, I have a small favor to ask. Go ahead and share it on your social media and don't forget to tag us at Teacher Business Society. Your shares help us reach more educational rock stars like you who dream of building and growing their own businesses. And while you're at it, please consider leaving us a five-star review. Those reviews not only make my day, but they help boost the podcast so that other aspiring entrepreneurs can find this valuable content. Stay connected with us over here at TBS and get tips, strategies, and useful tools to help you and your business by subscribing to the Society Brief. Find out more information at teacherbusinesssociety.com. The link will also be in the show notes. Never forget, you've got the power to make your dreams come true. So keep dreaming big, go for the scary goals, and until next time, keep being an educational rock star.